It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 183. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening to you. It's Tuesday evening. Where else would you be at 7pm but listening to Midlands 103 and to Taking Care of Business. Good evening, I'm Ronan Berry. Coming up on the show this evening, our team is going to be all around job creation, talent attraction, recruitment, etc. and upskilling of your staff. Or even if you're listening in now as an employer, a potential employee, and you want to add to your skill set, this evening you're going to find out a lot more about how you might go about doing that. Because uh, did you know that according to one jobs, site, the number of roles advertised nationally is up almost 60% on pre-pandemic levels. Now, is this evidence of the great resignation or how does talk of a slowdown later this year actually affect these numbers? Colin Donnery of FRS Recruitment will be along later with the insider view on exactly that and tell us exactly what's happening out there in the jobs market at present. If you are looking at upskilling though, there's so many options available to you. The Leash Offaly Education and Training Board are hosting an open day this day next week with a message of further education and training for everyone or FET for everyone. More details about that coming up very, very shortly on the show. Also, the Offaly Job Fair was officially launched last week and there are over 500 jobs going to be on offer in County Offaly alone on the day. Full details on that initiative a little bit later in the show too. But as you know, there is so much kind of reported lately about skill shortages, job shortages, lack of talent lack of people then available to fill roles and every sector really has to react and try to find a way out of this and try to make their sector more um, enticing to potential employees or to even make it more enticing for people who are already working in that sector in order to retain that talent and to not lose that knowledge bank as well. And one sector that has been deeply affected in particular by events of the past two years is the hospitality sector and none more so than the pubs. And I mean, I dare I mention, remember the words that are the terminology we came up with over COVID around wet pubs and dry pubs, it's something that hopefully is consigned to the bin once and for all and it almost seems unfair to brand pubs in that way too. But that sector has suffered a huge amount due to the pandemic as well. A huge amount of people have left the sector. So in order to try and entice people back in, the Vintners Federation of Ireland have come up with a, a new degree apprentice scheme that is designed to bring people back into that very sector. And come on, let's call it as it is. Yes, there's loads of job opportunities out there at present. And we often hear of the impact that foreign direct investment has not just on the country, but even here in this region as well. But not everybody wants to work in a pharmaceutical company. Not everybody wants to work in a medtech company. Some people are naturally naturally talented and, and drawn towards working in hospitality. So let's look, look at how we can create roles for them and create a good future for them and allow people to work in the sector that they're best suited for. But to find out more about this innovative degree, I'm delighted to be joined by the President-elect of the Vintners Federation of Ireland, um, Kennedy's own John Clendenin, the owner of Giltraps Bar and Glamping Site up there. Um, good evening, John. Um, this sounds like a really interesting initiative from the VFI. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, please? Yeah, good evening, Ronan. Um, Leah, this, this is something that's been in the pipeline for the last number of years, and I suppose it was delayed um, due to COVID. And, and really, uh, it was to give an opportunity to people to pursue and attain um, a, a degree in, in bar management through an apprenticeship programme. Uh, and essentially what we've done is the VFI have, have uh, collaborated with Griffith College and with Solace to provide um, a course over a three-year period that will have uh, an aspect of classroom learning, online learning, and then, of course, in, in the workplace as well. 
Uh, and I suppose, and obviously, you know, it's got very difficult for many different sectors at the moment to try and recruit people. And this is probably something that, that we noticed in, in, in over the last number of years, even pre-COVID, and plans put, put, put in place to see how how could we address it and how could we deal with it. And we came up with this programme. Uh, and I think very much as you uh, outlined in your introduction, you know, not everybody is suited to nine to five or, or, or a manufacturing setting or whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and really we need to get back to almost like that mainland European uh, type approach to hospitality where it can actually be a career for life. Uh, and I think to, to our detriment to an extent, we, we have lost that long-term permanent element of staff that, that, that is required uh, on, on a consistent basis to bring quality uh, and ensure as well that it's an enjoyable workplace for, for everyone. So really, I think what this is going to do as a, as a course uh, is give those that are on the course, the apprentices themselves, an opportunity to obviously develop their, their skills uh, and, and give them opportunities into the future uh, and let them to achieve their own ambitions. But I think as well, for, for workplaces or employers that are involved, it's going to bring a new sense of, of, of understanding of what is required in today's world um, to ensure that you're, you're in a position that you're offering a workplace that will attract talent uh, and will retain staff and ensure that, you know, uh, if you're happy staff, you have a happy customer and, and you have a good business. So there's a, a whole knock-on effect as to how this can, can benefit and bring buoyancy uh, to our sector as a whole, really. I'm sure like any sector, you know, quality standards have now gotten so high as well that this level of education is needed. And indeed, the lack of education was identified in a board forged survey that was released in February as being you know, a huge barrier towards attracting talent as well. That, you know, nine out of 10 hospitality businesses have come out and said they've had huge problems recruiting staff and say linking that to that lack of training as well. So this is really going to try and raise the level, have you said, bring it up to levels that maybe might be seen elsewhere in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the important thing to, to recognise about this course is that it's a course that has been you know, developed by publicans, by people that have been in the trade and, and know it firsthand uh, and, and then merged or infused by academic understanding of what, what's required. So it's not just going to be about food and beverage operations. You know, it's going to have, uh, and it has, it has started, sorry, with the first uh, class in, in April and, and another starting in September. But it, in addition to, to food and beverage operations and customer service and, and, and operations management, you know, it does include accounting, procurement, you know, marketing, communications, HR. So really, as well, it can be a platform to, to go further into education as well. So, so there's a lot of opportunity there, and I think it's, it's, it's very much welcome. Uh, and I and I hope you know that that we can see that appeal again uh, for hospitality as. As a, as a career, first of all, that it can be seen as a, as a sustainable and a justifiable career, but also to highlight how enjoyable it actually can be for those that work in it. And taking us through the workings of it, students who are already working in the bar trade can be sponsored by their employer to go through it. And it's really looking for them to go to college for a day a week, which seems very reasonable given given the subject matters that you just touched on there. Yeah, absolutely. But look, I think considering the, the, the business and, and, and the model that it is, you know, it is an apprenticeship and, I, and, and in terms of the, the developing of it, uh, you know, there would have been a debate around do you, do you bring people back to the classroom for, for a full, you know, number of weeks consecutively or, or blend it throughout the, the, whole, the whole year. And I think what this does really is it gives people the opportunity to stay in their, 
in their workplaces throughout the whole course, continue to learn on the job uh, and, and take learning from the classroom uh, and apply them in, in the workplace. And as you say, you know, in, in, in terms of the objectives, you know, I think there's a great opportunity there to maybe bring, you know, to, to the people that are, that are involved in the class, uh, you know, a sense of self-awareness, you know, how to manage themselves in, in, in the workplace uh, and to, to continue both a personal and professional development um, parallel to, to, to working. So, you know, it, it is a great opportunity. And, you know, I think as well, it can't be underestimated that, you know, obviously we're, we're running this to try and, uh, you know, keep people in Ireland working. But I, I think the one thing about hospitality is that it's a great, it gives people a great opportunity, you know, to go and see the world and, and come back again to Ireland and, and, and bring, you know, innovation back. And I think we've even seen a lot of that during COVID to an extent where people that were working maybe overseas have moved back to Ireland uh, and, and have started working, you know, within uh, within Ireland again. So, yeah, but by all means, we do have a shortage of, of, of uh, uh, and, and a recruitment issue um, in in the sector. Um, but hopefully, this can be, you know, one of the pillars that we introduce, along with others, um, to try and address the shortage and encourage more people to get involved uh, in the pub trade. And you're certainly providing a platform for people to build a, a sustainable career on it there. But uh, John, look, it sounds fascinating too. I'm sure there's plenty of publicans who will give give their, um, I suppose, knowledge that you don't get from a book as well. Will that come part of it? All the tricks of the trade over the years, how to have the banter. Oh yeah, I, 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 absolutely, Ron. I think that's that's the point in terms of you know if you if you go for three or four weeks of of a uh, of a term to, to to a classroom consecutively, that you potentially you know lose that that touch of 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 the fine tuning, having the finger on the pulse of what's happening in your in your bar and, and that whole interpersonal skills, knowing your locals, you know, introdu- welcoming and introducing uh, visitors to the premises and, and making them feel comfortable too. Uh, so I, I think it is important that there, that aspect of, of being hands-on um, is highlighted and promoted as being part of it because yeah, really, the, the, I suppose the case is, has to be made that we need to move from a more generic sense towards apprentices, towards more hands-on uh, and, and skills and focusing on, on, on giving op- opportunities like that to young people as they come through rather than, you know, focusing everything on a, on a fully um, a fully loaded academic approach to education and learning. Absolutely. And I think, look, let's keep it as it is. Let's get back to our pubs and bars and celebrate what it's like to be, you know, to socialise and to be Irish, maybe. And, and we'll, we'll hold off on delivery by drones or points for another while yet. But, John, look, it is fantastic to hear that such moves are being made as well and that a programme is already up and running. If anybody w- wants to find out more about it, where can they go to learn more about that uh, programme? Yeah, there's a full um, information programme available on, on the VFI uh, website. So www.vfipubs.ie uh, and, and the links are all there. John Clendenin, thank you very much. That's John Clendenin there, the owner of Giltraps Bar in Kennedy and John, of course, is president-elect of the Vintners Federation of Ireland. And John has been speaking there about their Bar Manager Apprenticeship degree, which has just kicked off back in April and is available to people who are in the sector um, and who want to upskill and really learn, not just learn the trade, but learn the uh, the operational side of running a pub or running a hospitality venue. And again, it's there really to get people into the sector and to allow them to create sustainable long-term employment and keep the sector vibrant, keep it growing because it plays such a huge role in terms of the tourist in- industry as well as our own socialising, recreation and creating local jobs for local people. So we're checking out there as John gave out on the website. Stay tuned. After break, you're going to learn more about an open day that LOE2B have coming up and it's entitled 
titled FET for Everyone. That's further education and training. So find out how you can get involved or attend after this break. Topic of conversation this evening really is all about skills and upskilling in the jobs market. Before the break, you would have heard John Clendenin there, President-elect of the Vintners Federation of Ireland, talking about a new apprentice, the apprenticeship degree that they have launched. It began back in April, but the official launch was only this week on it. And again, it's there about retaining staff and attracting staff into the bar sector as well. Indeed, a sector that was badly hit during the pandemic, particularly with job losses and people going seeking careers either in other sectors or other countries or whatever. But it has left, it's estimated about 40,000 vacancies that must be filled in that sector over the rest of this year as well. Challenges, I mean, that are replicated across so many other sectors. But we're going to keep that conversation going around upskilling, around jobs, around opportunities as well. And if you want to join that conversation, please do so by text or WhatsApp on 083 103. You'll get right through to me here in the studio. Happy to put your comments or questions to any of this evening's contributors because still to come, we're going to talk about the, the report that was issued yesterday suggesting that indeed the jobs website has seen about 60% of an increase in terms of the number of jobs being advertised now as opposed to pre-pandemic. I'll be talking to Colin Donnery from FRS Recruitment a little bit later to find out if there's any truth behind that and maybe what's really happening out there in the jobs market. And you'll find out more too later in the show about the Offaly Job Fair that's taken place in July, but it's predicted there will be at least 500 jobs up for grabs or available on the day. So stay tuned if you want to find out more information about that. But I want to draw your attention now to an open day that's taken place this day next week. That's Tuesday the 31st of May from 10 to 2 p.m. and from half four to half past six in the evening. It's taken place in Castle Buildings in Tullamore and it's been organised by the LOETB. That's Alicia Offaly Education and Training Board. The open day is entitled FET for Everyone and I'm delighted to be joined by by Geraldine Grennan, Adult Guidance Counsellor at Yellow ETB. Geraldine, I suppose, simple question to start with. What is FET? So FET, I suppose, is further education to really to take advantage of our training outside of in a literacy programme. It may be um, that you want to engage in a hobby programme. So you might have maybe two, three hours available in the week and you might like to upskill in something like IT skills. Could be painting, cookery, uh, stained glass, anything like that. Or it may be that you're currently in employment and with the support of your employer that you want to engage in upskilling. So we would have programmes for people um, in healthcare, in retail, in areas like that where, again, as I say, with the support of their employer, they might attend for a couple of hours a week and they're getting, I suppose a bit like John mentioned, really, they're getting certified in a field that they're already working in that could be at a level four, at a level five standard and progressing onwards. Or it could be um, an opportunity just to come and engage in something for your own personal development, your own well-being, um, as with an element of social inclusion and indeed then maybe economic mobility to move. Was in, in talking about the jobs, in moving from one job to the next, so you've a currency going with you if you've taken on an accredited programme. And courses are delivered kind of at day, evening times, depending on sure. the course as well as both the needs of the students. Yeah, very much so. So daytime, um, evening time, part time, full time. So um, people who are in employment sometimes opt for the evening time courses. Um, but then morning time might suit the um, parent who's at home who'd like to engage in something. So maybe dropping children to school or to crash and have a few hours and they'd just like to engage in something. The full time programmes really would be at level five and level six. Um, so we would have what would traditionally be called the PLC programmes um, at level five. So they would usually be um, over a number of days and students would do a, a work placement as part of those days as well. 
and again you're saying that these programs they're they can be you know just giving you that option to just to broaden your horizons in terms of the skills that you have maybe if you're considering looking at changing roles or going for a first job but also there can be that perfect route into third level education at which point I know that there's maybe a big announcement tomorrow from the Springboard Plus as well so this is really kind of is it getting people used to that kind of education that's a kind of a formalised structured education to allow them to progress on to higher higher education then? Yeah I think it has become many things I suppose um, initially when the, the level 5 programmes were running it would have attracted a number of mature students who like that just wanted to take that step back into education maybe you know um, dip the toe in the water and see what it was like but in more recent years, we're seeing a mix of school leavers and mature students. So school leavers are making um, very much an informed decision now where they may have high points, but they're not jumping on the bandwagon of just going to college because everybody else is going. So they may come in and they'll do their level five programme. It allows them an opportunity to develop, I suppose, uh, transversal skills, really. You know, So when you're studying for Leaving Search, you're doing it as you yourself on your own up against, um, you know, just the points that you want to achieve. Whereas when you do a level five programme, you're developing team working skills, problem solving skills. Um, you're developing skills in academic writing and referencing and reading. So and you have the work placement as well. So it's kind of a, a broad look at everything as well. A programme like that allows you to maybe access a course that you wouldn't access with your CAO points. Um, so an example would be um, Biomedical science in Trinity would have been 577 points last year. So, you know, unattainable for a number of students. But the Level 5 Applied Science programme allows you to compete for a place on that. Um, so you would generally complete, 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 apologies, eight modules. And depending on how you did in that, if you achieved distinctions across your modules, then you have a very good chance of a course like that. Commerce International NUIG would have been over 550 points last year. So again, you have an opportunity to compete for that by doing uh, one of the courses that we would have. Is that something that a lot of people are maybe completely unaware of, that often there is paths and avenues into these courses that, you know, as you say, you might put down and say, that's unattainable, I'll never get those yes. points. There is quite often, and through many routes, but there is ways into these courses. Is, is it something that's overlooked, do you think? Yeah, I suppose, look, it's improving, um, but I think it is overlooked, you know, um, the model that's there, I suppose, in terms of school is that people are inclined to look straight to the CAO and straight into college and they look just at the points. So it is opening up and I think students themselves are very good at carrying out their own research. And, you know, we find in the guidance service that as they're coming now, they know some of the pathways that are there, but they don't know all of them. So they're surprised even when they come. What I find interesting is the number of students who might change their mind from something. So it might be they might come to do maybe the nursing studies course or the business course. And they might decide they want to do some something completely different. So by doing a level five course like that, even if you decide not to go into that area at the end, it still opens up over a thousand CAO courses to you with that award alone. So it's it's a beneficial route for students, you know. Mm, it's because that change of mind, I think it, it has to be hard for any student, particularly when the focus of you know a number of years of your life go on one exam and maybe one route as well. That's something to note that there there are many alternatives as well out there and and often sometimes can bring maybe more of a practical approach, particularly if there's yes. work experience built in that that you may not have got in 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 full time higher education as well. So take us to the open day that's taking place this day next week, Tuesday the thirty first in Castle Buildings, Tullamore. Who's it aimed at? 
So I suppose it's FET for everyone, so it's aimed at everyone, anyone who wants to come along, really. We had an open day uh, earlier in the year for the school, so we had a number of school students who came. So I suppose it may be their parents who'd like to come along next week to inform themselves and, and to engage in that conversation with their son or their daughter. Then afterwards, it's the, the person who has two hours free, the person who has 10 hours free, who'd like to have a look and see what's out there. Um, we host the, the women's shed in our building at the minute. So um, that's quite a large group of, of ladies. So, uh, you know, I'm sure they may have some interest in coming to have a look to see what's there as well. We also offer um, our ESOL courses at the minute and we'd be dealing very much with the Ukrainian nationals around that. So again, it's there for them to come along and have a look and see what might be useful uh, going forward for them in the future. So it's a chance for you know, everybody to come along and have a look. And you've kind of touched it there. It's everyone. It's all ages. And even if somebody just has an inkling as well. So if people want to find out more about the types of courses and the Fed courses that LOETB offer, where's the best place to find that information? Yeah, so we have a new information hub on the first floor in, in Castle Buildings. And um, it's really the, the starting point, really, for somebody to come in and have that conversation. So the guidance service are um, based there. So you can make an appointment with the uh, one of the guidance counsellors to sit down and look at what you're interested in doing. Uh, you can come and do your own research if you want. There's a beautiful space there available to people to come in. Uh, there's IT facilities available, you know, so you can do your own searching and then you can ask your question at the end if you want. Or you can sit down and we can talk you right through the whole process. Um, so that's available on the first floor in Castle Buildings. That sounds absolutely fantastic as well. Two websites I'll just draw your attention to are www.tullamore.com. FETC, so tullamorefetc.ie, that's Further Education Training Centre.ie, or you can check out the main website as well, www.loetb.ie. And that's the open day that's taking place this day next week, Tuesday, 31st of May, Castle Buildings from 10 to 2 pm and from 4 to 6 30 pm, entitled FET for Everyone. So, what are you waiting for? What's your excuse? And there's very, there's a, there's no really excuses anyway, having listened to Geraldine here tonight. Geraldine Grennan, Adult Guidance Counsellor at LOETB. Thank you so much for dropping in this evening. Thanks and again, me. it's just showcasing the number of opportunities that are open there. If you do want to add a new skill set, if there's something that you'd like to study, even as a hobby, you don't know what it's going to lead to as well. If you're a little bit unsure as to which direction you want to go in a career, there is something there for you that can certainly help you on that direction. If you're looking for a job, always check out the uh, the job site midlands103.com and uh, look at you know you can listen out for our job spot on a weekly basis you can also check up at findlocaljobs.ie but in in July there will be an event taking place in Tullamore which is called the Offaly Job Fair find out a bit more about that towards the end of this evening show because up first after the break we're going to find out about the number of jobs we've advertised at present indeed have suggested that job advertisements are up by about 57% on pre-pandemic times is it true or what's really happening out there in the jobs market. Find out after this break from Colin Donnery from FRS Recruitment. If you're to believe what you read in the papers or what you hear on the radio or see in the news, apparently there is jobs absolutely everywhere. If you ever wanted to change jobs, if you're looking for a different career, if you're looking for your first job, you have absolutely no excuses. There is jobs everywhere. Well, that's what we're being told anyway. And even today, it was announced by Indeed that based on a recent survey that they believe that job vacancies are up about 57% on pre-pandemic levels. That's according to that recruitment website. Um, that was published by Owen Burke Kennedy in the Irish Times today. So it leaves a lot of food for thought that if one factors in the economic environment at the minute, like never mind the crisis and the war in Ukraine, supply chain issues and the like, you know, Brexit, rising inflation, everything else, surely this can't be the case on the ground. 
To find out a little bit more and dig a bit deeper, I'm delighted to be joined by the group chief executive officer of the FRS group, Colin Donnery. Good evening, Colin. This claim that maybe jobs are up by about 50 to 60 percent on pre-pandemic, is that something that you're seeing at FRS at present? Yeah, look, it's very busy on the ground at the moment. There's an awful lot of jobs out there. Um, the thing that that's 57% of jobs on Indeed's website, but they have grown themselves probably about 60%. So look, maybe 30%, 35%, but it certainly is extremely, uh, extremely busy out there across uh, across all sectors. Like, you know, um, a little bit of a dip probably in the last, two months uh, in real terms and in terms of what we're seeing from employers with with the the war in ukraine and 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 that type of thing but but certainly it's extremely busy out there now yeah i think that's coming true all right that i know march i think was one of the it was a record month in terms of exports from the country in terms of manufacturing output as well but certainly i think even since lots of people you talk to have seen just that little trickle of a slowdown as well i think maybe starts to paint a picture of what may come down the line but we'll come back to that in a second but this rise in jobs then is this a sign of the great resignation that was long touted so are are people leaving jobs and thus these roads are vacant or is it just an indication of of how busy companies have gotten so there's a mix of things happening so you you have this pent-up demand so one of the things that happened during particularly the first year and 18 months of covid people didn't leave jobs typically so they sat tight you know the devil you know is better the devil you don't know type of situation um, so you, you saw and this ha- that's what happens in recessionary times right so people don't like everything comes to a halt people don't move so so that's what happened what we saw probably for the second half of last year was people really start to start moving and it's it's like a you know that that sort of rolling stone moving along it's it's really into the new year February March April were just you know, extremely busy. And so it, it, it's like what happened in, in, in the last recession, you know, back after the, the bus in 2008, 2009, you know, people sat tight. If you had a decent job, you weren't moving. You weren't going to move for a small amount of, you know, of a, of a salary increase. So what we're seeing now is demand has meant that um, employers are starting to increase salaries. So if, if they need people, if someone needs someone in a, you know, a call centre and, you know, they lose business if they don't have someone there. They're going to pay more. So we've seen salaries increase, which is enticing people to leave. There's an awful lot of headhunting going on, you know, across the board there. People getting capped up to move constantly. LinkedIn, if you go on LinkedIn, it's like, you know, literally like jobs left, right and centre. So it's, um, yeah, look, people are people are leaving, you know, if, if employer, and there's a number of drivers around this look are, our annual survey is out on Thursday, and and the key the key point is, people are just if they're not being paid right in the job they're in, and um, particularly with the backdrop of inflation, they're moving you know, yeah, um, for salary, but they've got to be significant increases in salary, um, but the big push in the last eight eighteen months sort of since COVID, which and COVID has really driven this, is flexibility. So flexibility, remote work. You know, if if you've someone, particularly office jobs, like it's obviously you're in the manufacturing industry, Ronan, and you know you need people on site. But people in offices, if they can do their job from home, you know they're looking to do that. Like the days of someone, you know, commuting to Dublin for for two hours from the Midlands and um, to do a job, I would say is 
is nearly is is nearly gone. You know, it, it, provided uh, they provided they can do that task e- equally as well from home. Ex- but exactly, that's yeah. that's a key question. Then, like, will people take a flexible working week without a salary increase, or are people beginning to look for both? Given that buoyancy we're seeing in the jobs market at present. No, so I I think there there I think once the salary is at the level of you know at least at the level the person was at. If, if employers can give flexibility, people will move, you know. So what I, what I say is people, people won't move for a sort of a, a 5%. Like if you, if you weighted up a 5% increase in salary versus flexibility, they'll take the flexibility all day, every day. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, the pandemic has driven this sort of work-life balance. People have reassessed where they're at. And ultimately, if they can, as you said there, if they can do the job as equally as effective as they can from home, they're asking, why are you bringing me to the office? And that's actually driving people to look for jobs outside of um, outside of the, their current employers. So if we go back two years, say, if we go back to March 2020, when many of us ended up working from home, a lot of us for the first time ever, by this time two years ago, we'd kind of got a sense, actually, this is kind of working. We can do this and we can mm-hmm. reap some of the benefits that you've spoken about. Bear in mind, it was still in a very vastly changed working environment. But... Now that kind of we can reflect on two years, have we learned anything around, say, productivity and output from remote workers? And indeed, when it comes to things like innovation, you know, can we still be as innovative in teams, particularly if we've got our team dispersed all across the country? Yeah, so I think there's some really great academics in the States. Uh, Eric Brynolfsson is sort of the key sort of uh, thought leader in, in, in this whole area. And, you know, the research has shown that in the right environment, the right managed environment, people are more productive from home or in a remote scenario. Right. So um, but the but the conditions have to be correct. And what we see is that the, the, but the problem with remote, the remote and hybrid working models is particularly remote, fully remote is innovation takes a hit. So it's very, very difficult, you know, to sort of, you know, brainstorm work through problems as teams in a, on, on Microsoft Teams or on, on, um, on Skype or, you know, uh, you know, Zoom. Very, very difficult to workshop. Very, very difficult to onboard people. So that's the big challenge that, that like, particularly the big employers are looking at. So if you look at your big multinationals, they're looking at this. How do we fix this? So we, we've seen things like, um, you know, whiteboards, you know, and all this sort of stuff working, working together. And I think the jury is really out on them. They don't seem to have worked. And so the big multinationals are bringing those employees together, you know, once every couple of weeks, once a month to work through problems, to work on ideas, work on new ideas. And I think SMEs really, this is the challenge they are going to have, that in order for them to come up with new ideas, new products, you know, overcome those sort of problems, they need to get people together. And what I would look, what we've taken on in FRS is really where we have people working remotely, only bring them together if they're going to be working together to solve a problem, you know, working as a team, etc. You know, bringing people to the office to do sort of basic stuff that they can do from home. They're not going to thank you for it. You know what I mean? And if you do consistently, and there's this sort of management sort of, you know, command and control thing that goes on of, I need to see someone and well you don't do you know what I mean you need to see their output and their, and their productivity you know what I mean and, and how they're doing but as organizations I think we, we we really need to ensure that 
I suppose innovation is 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 at the heart of what we do. If we're not innovating, we're we're not growing. You know what I mean? Like you, you can be as productive as you want and and cut costs, etc. And and that's what it only gets you really so far. Of course, dragging somebody back to an office to do tasks that you know, they can do equally as well from home and and probably even better, as as has been proven in a lot of instances. If you begin to alienate people and the jobs market is as buoyant as it is, then you're creating an opportunity maybe for them to leave. But I suppose that comes back to a, to a question I have around that is even though the jobs market looks quite buoyant at present, is it likely to last given, you know, there's lots of talk out there. We're not going to use the R word, but there's lots of talk of, of certainly a slowdown and putting it as diplomatically as I can. Will that be matched by demand from employers, do you think, as the, as the year progresses? Yeah. So in in the I suppose the research we've done and the survey that comes out on Thursday, there's a mismatch a mismatch starting between employers and uh, employees in terms of sentiment. So employers, like you know, and I suppose who are at the coalface really of they're seeing increased costs for inputs, um, particularly you know in in sort of steel and in manufacturing, and it's driving costs up. So they're actually telling us they're less, I suppose, positive than they were a year ago in terms of their hiring for the year ahead. So we're starting to see a little bit of pullback. Employees, on the other hand, are, you know, are sort of going, oh, no, things are great, things are great. It hasn't hit. And this is what you're seeing on the on the sort of demand side you see from Indeed, et cetera. You're, you're starting to see, like, people still think there's lots of jobs. I, I think the sentiment we're seeing across a number of our business, particularly on the agri side, our fencing company, we have a large fencing company, one of the largest fencing companies in Ireland. We're seeing sentiment dropping with, with consumers, right? So that's feeding through, obviously, into how the, how the rest of the year looks um, on the agricultural side of, the, of our business. Similar, you know, sentiment is, is starting to drop. If we continue the way we are with inflation, more sort of interest rate rises, um, you will see a slowdown in hiring. There's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, um, when will that happen? Probably September time. If, if the war in Ukraine continues, you know, uh, as it is at the moment, until until September, with fuel prices, um, steel prices, input prices where they are at the moment, I think you certainly will see. Um, you'll definitely see a, a slowdown in 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 hiring. You know, that there's there's no doubt about that. And probably a tapering off in, in, in salary increases and, 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 and the sort of sentiment we're seeing from employers, as I mentioned already. So yeah, there's so much volatility and uncertainty out there at present too. So for an SME in particular that's looking at the talent that already has, or indeed if it wants to try and attra- attract in some new talent as well, what are the kind of deal breakers at present then? We've mentioned flexible working, but we see some, I see some reports recently with you know some big companies that are really opening the opening their closet with all these employee perks and benefits. Now, you'd ask the question, are they all actually there and as good as, they, as they're as they're, um, pre- presented? But what are yeah. the things that SMEs can do, I suppose, to take action on this now and not maybe face a situation later in the year where, it, where employees have, have left? Yeah. So SMEs are in a really strong position, right? So they're much more agile, and you know, than, than multinationals. Like, you know, multinationals can offer you know, the sort of, uh, what would you say, you know, the, the foosball tables and all the bells and whistles and all that type of thing. Our research, the second the second most, I suppose, important thing to people when they move jobs after salary is the job itself, the job I'm doing, how I'm working. Is Am I given autonomy in my job? 
you know what I mean, and what that sort of career path looks like. So I think SMEs are in a really strong position. If they, if they have a decent management structure and good management sort of systems in place, they can, they, can, they can really do that. So I think it's about, you know, making sure when you're going out looking for people or the people you have that they're being pr- productive. It's very much, you know, about the individual these days. And you hear things about purpose and that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's overused, you know, particularly by employers saying, oh, yeah, look, we have a great purpose. Really, employees want to know what's my purpose within, within your organization. What's my purpose in the whole world of work, you know? And, and uh, if, if they're not doing what they believe is really great work within your organization, they're going to look across the, across the road to your, your competitor or, you know, someone else who's, who's close by who can, who can offer them that, who can offer them real sort of, you know, purpose in what they're doing and, and making a difference and, and making them sort of feel good about what they're doing. So I don't think there's, you know, um, I think people take for take it as a given now that they'll get things like insurance and, or sorry, health insurance and, you know, uh, pensions and salary. It's it's the added stuff on top of that and and make and making them feel part of something bigger. Really, that's really important. And again, that. that really and that is the and you've just touched on it there. That is the the beauty of an SME too. That often they're kind of a smaller intimate company and people can have those conversations around what your purpose is where you fit and where you can deliver best value but you can really make that role suit yourself or suit the company as well and, and basically everybody wins then without the upheaval of losing people or, or you know losing talent etc but look at it, it's a minefield out there but Colin Donnery thank you so much for uh, shedding your expert knowledge on it there at the minute and um all the very best. I know you, in, since I last spoke to in the show, you have become Group Chief Executive Officer at FRS Recruitment. So you're not feeling the pressure there at all yet. No, you sound <laughs> you sound nice and calm. And <laughs> lots of lots of pressure. We've actually just a, a bit of a plug. We've a, a big event in Crow Park tomorrow called um, Creating, um, uh, you know, Creating Great Teams in in the New World of Work. And we've Professor Ian Robertson from Trinity College coming along to talk to us. He's, he's renowned within the whole confidence uh, area and um, we've people we were talking about our partnership with the GAA and um, we've Peter Cosgrove on who's, who talks about uh, I suppose from FutureWise on, on the new world of work and a number of SMEs a number of our clients from the Midlands are coming along and um, some multinationals and um, so it looks like uh, it looks like being uh, a great day so um, really looking forward to it. And great, great to get back out and meet people in person as well. But Colin, thank, exactly. you, thank you so much for coming on this evening. That's Colin Donnery there, Group Chief Executive Officer at FRS. Really interesting, you know, indeed uh, announced today that they believe that job vacancies on their website were up by about 57% on pre-pandemic levels. But as Colin pointed out, actually there's been a lot of growth in the number of jobs they've advertised and on, on Indeed as well. Um, so maybe that's probably slightly less than that. Yes, it is reflective of the current state of play. It may not stay like that forever, though, because we you know, we all have a kind of an inkling what may be coming down the tracks. It mightn't be as bad as we think, but there probably might be just a little bit of a, a, a pressing the brake, uh, even on a temporary basis. Lots to ponder there. I've had a text in from Martin and Tullamore. He's asked, if you can't attend the open day that the LOETB are arranging this day next week, how can you find out more about the range of courses they offer? Martin, you can check out tullamorefetc.ie. So Tullamore, FETC.ie, that'll give you all the information you need there.
Stay tuned after break, find out how you can get involved in the Offaly Job Fair that's taking place in just over about five weeks' time. Up to 500 jobs are available in Offaly. Tullamore Chamber of Commerce is holding a jobs fair in July to raise awareness about the number of opportunities in the county. 50 businesses from a range of sectors will gather at the Tullamore Court Hotel on July the 2nd. Midlands 103's Ellen Butler attended the launch and begins this report with Chamber President Anthony Hannafy, who says they're eager to promote Offaly as a vibrant place to live and work. The idea of a jobs fair came about uh, from a lot of our members in, in the Chamber of Commerce um, having trouble sourcing staff. Um, it is a buoyant market at the moment and um, while, there is, while it is a buoyant market we can see an awful lot of people heading, heading uh, out of the county uh, for their daily, daily work on, on long commutes. So the idea came up was to hold a jobs fair, um, a kind of speed dating event between employers and job seekers and hopefully um, um, our quote to both basically our, our members will get source suitable employees and also employees will source jobs within our county. Yeah, I suppose COVID probably is what a lot of people are citing as the thing that kind of made them reevaluate how they work themselves or how employers operate. Is that maybe what triggered you to do all of this, that you're kind of realising that there are other ways to work and I suppose the emphasis on remote working now, that there's so many possibilities and to tap into those. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, one of the things I suppose with people working remotely during COVID, um, a lot of people now are being expected to go back to their offices in Dublin and in other surrounding counties and they mightn't want to do that and uh, this is I think this is a great opportunity people have evaluated and said do I really want to be stuck in my car for an hour or two every morning uh, and the same in the evening or could I get, get a local job and um, obviously I think a lot of people are going to decide that in terms of targets now we're finding that with, with our members showing up um, member companies showing up we expect in the region to be in the region nearly 500 jobs. Now that's growing daily uh, as people as other companies join up. So I think um, you know even if we could do a, a small proportion of that, I think it's going to be a very successful event. Yeah, and there's a whole range of I suppose sectors and industries included in those 500 jobs. Well, there is. It's anything with construction, uh, IT, you know, uh, financial, all sorts, retail as well, all sorts of. And the other thing to know as well is we will have um, um, representatives here from the remote working hubs as well. So if someone is actually um, working in Dublin but likes likes the company to work for but just doesn't like the commute maybe there could be something where they could actually work uh, work for the same company from a remote hub in Tullamore Okay, excellent yeah so I suppose for anyone um, thinking of going what can they expect on the day well they can expect basically we're going to have in the region of 50, 50 employee uh, businesses um, in the region of 500 jobs um, there'll be um, representatives there from uh, all the different um, council bodies as well and state bodies to assist as well so um, uh, so they can expect plenty of options I'm Siobhan Broderick and I work with Offaly Local Development Company and my role in the company is to look after the social inclusion programme uh, for the county and a part of that um, is I have team members who look after, uh, do employment supports uh, with people and connect with the local employers uh, some people are coming there from their new communities that are coming into uh, into Offaly. Uh, they maybe don't know anybody, and so it's a, it's our first uh, role in that is to introduce ourselves, to do some work with them so that they're comfortable in their new environment, and to then work with them with employment supports um, and find the job that's right for them. Um, and in some cases, it's that people are in you know, jobs that they want to transition from or they maybe want to move back to the area. Uh, whatever the reason, uh, we work with the person where they're at and then with a view to connecting them with the right job. Councillor Declan Harvey, Chairman of Alton County Council. Since COVID uh, pandemic and towards the end of it, people have re-evaluated their lives and their working. So there's a lot of people that commute in Dublin 
to Dublin from Offaly and indeed from Tullamore uh, that have re-evaluated and we're looking for jobs locally. So this is what this job fair is about. We're trying to promote our town, our county and let people know there is opportunities for home working and to work in your own town and county. Would you agree? And there you go. The Offaly Job Fair will take place on the 2nd of July in the Tullamore Court Hotel and as Anthony Hannafy, President of Tullamore Chamber, pointed out, they believe there'll be over 500 jobs available and an offer that day. So keep an eye out. Listen out on Midlands 103 and you'll hear more about that as well and I'm sure you'll see it across all the regular social media channels. That's it from me for this evening. Thank you as always for listening. I'll be back next Tuesday from 7pm. Joe Cooney is up next after the news at 8 with Country Roads bringing you the best of Irish and American country music. Stay safe. Keep keep doing what you're doing so well and I'll talk to you all again very, very shortly. Good night. Taking care of business. Returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.